Welcome to the Expatcast. This is a podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to feeling at home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole, and we are back for season four. Heck yeah. That's our new theme song. I hope you like it. You're going to hear it every Thursday. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm not quite that cruel, (laughs) but I am very excited to be back. I took a nice long break between seasons. I traveled around Spain by myself, really reconnected with me and, and made plans for my future. And then I came back to Germany and global pandemic broke out. So all of those finely laid plans are um, looking a little different these days. Yep, as I'm sure a lot of you guys know, Germany is now on basically full lockdown. So you're a lot out of your house to get groceries, go to the doctor, work, or go on a walk as long as you do it alone or with up to one other person. So pretty strict guidelines. But hey, it's what we've got to do to battle this virus. And I'm very happy that Germany is taking it so seriously. For me, this has meant that I'm no longer able to work. I can't work from home and it wasn't considered safe for us to keep going to work. So I've been home for a week. I've got a lot of time on my hands. And the amount of things that I'm allowed to do has shrunk considerably. But I have to say, in having so much of what was my normal life cut out, I am seeing so much more clearly the things that are right in front of me. And I appreciate the things that I am able to do. Like, for instance, I live on the edge of the Black Forest. I can walk five minutes either direction and hit a mountain where I can go on a walk, a hike, a run. For instance, today I went on a hike to see the highest tree in Germany. Her name is Waldraud. It's a pun. It's super funny. And she looks like a tree. I mean, she looks kind of tall, but like actually not even that particularly tall. Anyway, my favorite thing about visiting this tree was that they have different measurements that they take every eight years and they hang the history of the measurements up on the plaque in front of the tree. My favorite measurement is age. So they've calculated that in 2006, Waldraud was 93 years old. And then they hung the next measurement up, which, get this, was 93 plus 8. Because it turns out this tree ages, like all of us, one time per year. (laughs) I just find it delightful that they chose to hang up those statistics as if one time it might change. Who knows? (laughs) You know, I, I do use that term, delight very intentionally because I'm finding in these times of lockdown, global pandemic, lots of stress and plenty of things to worry about, it's more important than ever to feel things like delight. And if you listen to the podcast This American Life, then you might remember their recent episode called The Show of Delights, which they aired at the end of January. In this episode, they told several different stories of delight. And I gotta say, not to overuse this word, but listening to it was a delight. And it also made me more aware of the moments in my life that are bringing me delight, that are delightful. Such as, as said, my visit to not-so-little Miss Waldschaud. (laughs) And my recent discovery that American football is alive and well here in Germany. I had heard that American football was played in Germany, but I assumed this was at a club level, super low key. But no, turns out there's the German Football League, which is a pretty big enterprise. And I don't really follow it, but I grew up in a family full of diehard football fans in a city who is nationally recognized as being maybe a little bit too intense with their love for football. And of course, in a country where football is a cornerstone of our cultural identity. 
And although while I was living in the States, I found this to be a little bit overbearing, now that I live in Germany, I feel a whole new level of fondness for the sport because it exemplifies so much of what it is to be an American. And to find out that this vital piece of my culture exists here in Germany was thrilling, dare I say, delightful. And I was further delighted to discover our guest for today, Nick Alfieri. He is an American who lives in Germany and plays American football for a town here in Baden-Württemberg. And Nick has been documenting his experience on the team on his YouTube channel, Nalf. Nick was so kind as to come onto the Xbox cast and allow me to bombard him with all of my very many questions about this whole world. And it was fascinating. I'm so excited to share it with you guys in the hopes that you too might find it delightful. My name is Nick Alfieri. I am from Portland, Oregon, on the west coast of the United States. I currently live in Schwäbisch Hall, Germany, which is a small town in southern Germany of about 40,000 people in the state of Baden-Württemberg. And I have been here in Germany since 2016. Um, and this was coincidental of the year 2016? Or was this at all related to um, the current events of America in that year? <laughs> it was just very coincidental. Okay. Yeah. I was after graduating college, I was in film school, and then uh, I didn't really like it. I wanted to play football again. I was reached out to by some teams in Germany, and I ended up joining a team called the Unicorns. So there's the the German Football League, uh, the GFL, which is what I play in, and basically they will recruit a handful of American players. We're called imports. So the majority of people um, on GFL rosters are, are German players, but each team can have a handful of imports. So I was one of the Americans that the Unicorns reached out to this year to recruit. They usually go for guys who are just below kind of the NFL cusp in the States, but guys who want to keep playing football. And so uh, I fell into that category and ended up here. When you're in the football playing world in the States, is this something that's on people's radar, that there are also other countries that have a possible path to a future? That is a good question. Not really. I didn't know. Like, I grew up in a football family. Football was a huge part of my life. I had no idea that they played football in Germany or in Europe at that. It's something that I've been trying to kind of expose and, and make people in the States know since I've been here. Like, guys, hey, there's this amazing opportunity in Europe that not a lot of people know about that some of you guys who are graduating college want to keep playing football uh, but aren't making it to the NFL. This is a great option. So it's not that commonly known or definitely wasn't when I came out here. I do think that it's getting a little bit more well-known, but still it's kind of, I would describe it kind of like a little hidden secret, hidden gem. Those kind of secrets, it's always like, do you want to tell everyone? Because it's so sweet. Yeah. You almost want to save it. But... Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. um, exactly. Because it seems, I mean, I'm, I'm not a very competitive person, so this probably will not resonate with someone who is. However, to me, it seems like a great deal. Like, you don't have to deal with quite the same level, I would imagine, of, of like, pressure and intensity um, that the NFL brings to it. Um, but you still get to do the thing you love, and also you get to see a different part of the world. And I imagine you also learn the sport differently. I mean, to me, it just seems like a great almost better option. Oh, it's but, amazing. Yeah. It is absolutely an amazing, <laughs> amazing experience. 
So obviously, yeah, it's not the NFL. It's the GFL. It's still a pretty high level of football. So there is a certain level of intensity and pressures and stuff, but it comes with also this amazing experience of moving to another country, uh, getting to travel around and kind of broaden your horizons. And then, like you said, it does make you look at the sport of football differently. Like this is a sport that I played my whole life in, in America. I had a very specific viewpoint on it. It was always kind of like a job. It's something I love. It's always like you take it very, very, you approach it like a job. And when I came out here and saw, you know, some of these guys on our team play for free and are making uh, sacrifices, you know, driving two hours to get to practice, uh, stuff like that. And it makes you realize it's a special thing to be able to play a sport or play a game like this. So seeing guys do it for just the love of the game really made me feel like I'm a, you know, a little kid playing football again for the first time and kind of reignited my, my love for the game. So that was really cool. I think maybe yeah. also I feel like the NFL is super uh, a lot because I'm, I'm from Philadelphia and the Eagles fans are, are a lot. Yeah. Yeah, they... <laughs> so how are the fans in Germany? They're pretty intense, like diehard fans here in the GFL. And it kind of surprised me because obviously I didn't really know that football was like a thing here. So then seeing that there's also like a solid fan base of people who really, really care about football coming to the games and, you know, really having a good time. That was really cool for me. And also, I think, you know, in the States, it's pretty easy to be a fan of, of the NFL, uh, to be a fan of football because it's just all over. Here, it's, you know, it's not so exposed and so people who are fans they really have to find it and pursue it to like kind of be in that world so i think it's a pretty cool level of fandom here in the gfl it's a cool level of support diehards then yeah the people who are in are yeah. in so can you tell me some about the infrastructure of the g gfl as it were so are there yeah. are there leagues are they playing it all over germany what yeah how's it all okay. set up there's the GFL, which is the top league, GFL 1, uh, which is the team, the league that we play in. There's 16 teams, 8 in the GFL North, 8 in the GFL South. And then there's also lower leagues, GFL 2, GFL 3, and it, I think it goes down to maybe like GFL 7. So for example, there's a, just like there in, in Bundesliga soccer, the team that finishes last in the GFL 1 will play the team that finishes first in the GFL 2, and they'll play relegation games to see if teams move up or down and stuff like that. And uh, how are you guys? We have been pretty successful the last uh, 10 years or so. We actually, last year, we set the record for the longest win streak in the history of German sports. Hey. Not just football, all sports. Jeez, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really, really cool to be a part of that. So we won 50 games in a row over the course of three years. Wow. So we, and we've won the German Bowl Championship in 2017, 2018. Last year we made it to the German Bowl, but we lost. Um, so that stings a little bit. But it's been a pretty successful run, and we're hoping to kind of keep that going. It's fun to be on a good team. Yeah. <laughs> But it is good to lose now and again and, and you know, get that get that fire back it, under it, you. It, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh -huh. That's what it is. Like, losing, you know, losing last year really motivated a lot of us. And I, I feel a whole other level of, like, fire and desire to play. So it is a, a blessing in disguise, I would say. And as I said, I'm very uncompetitive. Like, I saw a T-shirt recently that was, like, um, I just hope both teams have fun. And it, 
I've never related more to any piece of clothing. Um, so nice. to me, I'm like, oh, I'm just so happy for that other team because their win meant that much more because they it was you guys that they beat. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's So it's nice for them too. It's not great for you in that moment. Good for you guys in the long term. And they're super happy about it. So it's all great. Everyone's That's, super happy. That's a very nice way of thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And if you're in a game, if I'm in attendance yeah. there, what are we talking about in terms of like crowd sizes? Are there cheerleaders? Are there all these other things that come with the American football culture? Yeah. Yeah, there, there are cheerleaders. We've got at our home stadium, we'll probably get around 2,500 to 3,000 fans in our own stadium there. That number out of the number of people in Schwäbisch Hall, it's quite a oh, good it's a percentage. High percentage. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, another cool thing is like, you know, obviously this is Germany, this is a soccer country. Uh, but Schwäbisch Hall is such a small town. It's probably the only place in Germany where football, American football, is the number one sport. That's kind of a cool thing. Like, this is a football town. The unicorns are the team here. Um, wow. So even some of these other teams that are also really good, they'll be maybe they're in Frankfurt, and they've got Bundesliga soccer teams that are really the more dominant team there. But anyway, uh, going back, yeah, we've got cheerleaders. We've got pretty good amount of fans. What's crazy here is they're allowed to use noisemakers like they do at the soccer games, which you can't use in the States, so it's so loud here. It's is like, that fun and encouraging or distracting? When I remember when I first played in 2016, I was like, this is so crazy. I can't hear anything. I'm so distracted. And I think that happens to, to Americans when they first come over here, but now I'm used to it. Are there other ways that it's different? Like, for instance, in many areas of life, Germany slash Europe is a little bit more strict about restrictions in terms of right. food and drink or um, online data protection. Does that also carry over to the sport? In terms of rules, we play the same as NCAA college football rules in the States. An interesting thing here, though, is you're only allowed to have six Americans on your roster, and only two Americans can be on the field at a time. Oh. So, and Americans have a big A on the back of their helmet and on the back of their jersey. <laughs> uh, so, you know, so if you're not, you're not breaking the rules, you only have two. So that's a pretty interesting rule. I actually got uh, my Italian passport a couple years ago, so now I am uh, a European player, so I don't count as an A on the field. Uh -huh. Do they um, hmm, encourage these pathways if that's possible? They, yeah, sure. That's uh, that is a uh, helpful to teams. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I imagine. <laughs> and I read even because I have fallen down several Wikipedia holes uh, lately about this. And so there's actually some players have then been drafted by the NFL and from yeah. Germany. Yeah. So my first year, one of our players, Moritz Boringer, he was drafted straight from Europe into the NFL by the Minnesota Vikings, which was a huge deal because he was the first player ever drafted out of Europe without playing college football. So basically he went from the GFL to the NFL and that was a huge deal that kind of kicked off this wave that's been going on the last couple of years of the NFL and the GFL having like, um, there's this thing called the International Pathway Program in the NFL now. And every year I think they pick seven to nine European guys to go over there and they earn like a, a practice squad spot in the NFL. So yeah, that was really cool that he got drafted and it's really cool to see um, kind of the connection and the NFL you know, putting some more eyes over here in Europe to find some European talent. 
That's awesome. Yeah. And I can imagine, as you said, you do learn the sport from a different point of view when you learn it, when you play a sport yeah. with different people. And so I can see a lot of benefits to bringing that back with you. Sure. Yeah. I'm still stuck a little bit on the thing you said at the beginning that you guys are called imports. <laughs> it's just, like I know. A... It's not funny. Yeah. It's like, we're, yeah, it's, it's, we're the imports. And it's... now they've got exports too. So yeah, the business got... is booming. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, actually very true. Now Germany's exporting players exactly. as well. <laughs> One thing I'm really excited to ask you about is the fact that you're called the unicorns. Do you know why this is? <laughs> so I talked to the founder of the, of the unicorns, Ziggy Gerke. I asked him one time. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was when they were founding the team and they were trying to decide a name, one of the guys there was like <laughs> – it's not that exciting of a story. It was like, well, I always thought if I was going to play American football, it should be for a team called the Unicorns. So maybe we call it, we call ourselves the Unicorns. And they all right, we'll be the Unicorns. I absolutely love that we're called the Unicorns. I think it's it's so unique. And whenever I tell people, like when I'm back in the states and I you know talk to people and they say, oh, what do you do? I say, I play uh, American football in Germany for a team called the Unicorns, and it's just like, no, you don't. You're lying. No, I do. It's real. Have you managed so to see it with a straight face ever, or does it always make you smile? Because I think I would always, always smile. smile. I, can't, yeah. I can't say that with a straight face. It always brings a smile to my face. Another Wikipedia hole I found, fell down was the list of team names Yeah. in, in Germany. Um, okay, one of the first ones is the Aachen Vampires. Also incredible. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I actually haven't even heard of that. Uh -huh. so. I pulled out my favorite, so I'll read you some. Okay. Uh, right. Montabaur Fighting Farmers. Fighting Farmers, yeah. and I know about them. Let's okay, go. here. I'll pause after the city name and see if you can get it. Ready? Uh, Landsberg? No, I don't know. Express, except spelled X slash P-R-E-S-S. Express. Oh, okay. What's yep. that? Schweinfurt? Don't know. Ball bearings. Oh my okay. god. This next one's my favorite. Uh, Nauheim Wild Boys. The Wild Boys. The Wild Boys. Uh, this no, is like see, a bachelor I'm, party I'm, hashtag. Those are fantastically unique names. They're amazing, yeah. yeah. And some of them Jer are more like, uh, you can tell that they're trying to think of just like American things or like the Cowboys yeah. or uh, Bison or something like that. But those ones, wow. Those Next level. I, I respect the uniqueness of those for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's hilarious. The wild boys. <laughs> the wild boys. <laughs> and, okay, so you said in Schwabish Hall, you guys are the main sport. Do you have a certain social status in town? Like, if you're walking down the street, is it one of these, like, oh, look, it's a unicorn? <laughs> I Kind of, yeah, sometimes, yeah. I mean, it is a really small town, and yeah, so there is a little bit of that, and it, that's pretty cool to feel the town support uh, for the sport that you're playing. So, I think that's one of the one of the coolest benefits of, of playing here is that you know this is a small town. People love the unicorns, and people are excited when you know unicorns are walking around and stuff. Is the season the same in Germany as in the U.S. in terms of timing? No, it is not. So in the U.S., American football is played in the fall. You'll start practicing in August, then you'll play September, October, November. The NFL goes a little bit longer, like into December, January. Here in Germany, we start our season in May. And if we make it to the German Bowl, that's in October. So it's a long season. It's like six months. 
So we kind of start our preseason practicing in February, and then we play May to October if we make it all the way to the championship. So there's a little bit of overlap there when we're in playoff time in the NFL and college football in the States is starting up. Well, this is also a real good offer for NFL fans who just love the sport and want to follow something year long. I mean, not that there's not enough content to follow in the States because there's always something going on, but you could also just follow the German League. Exactly. You get your football fix from the GFL until the NFL starts, and you're good to go. I guess this cuts down on playing in the snow. That is correct. Listen, we did have a snow practice uh, about two weeks ago, uh, but games in the snow, essentially non-existent in the GFL. Is that pro or con for you? Um, it's kind of neither. I, I It's neither, or, or it's both. I've had a couple snow games. Like uh, when you think about it, a snow game, it's freezing. You got to go out there and tackle and be in the cold. But it's also so fun playing in the snow. Uh, I remember I had a couple pretty awesome snow games in November in in Massachusetts, and those were pretty cool. So I'd say it's uh, a little bit of a pro and a little bit of a con. Yeah, and playing in high summer in a country that doesn't have the most air conditioning. It does not have the most air conditioning. I've made a couple very passionate YouTube videos talking about that. <laughs> have your practice rooms or, or a locker room or anything, have they got air conditioning? No. Really? No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, okay. I would have thought, because it so, does exist some places, I would have thought that would be a relative high priority. Yeah, I don't know. It seems that Germans don't really, it's not a high priority for them. I, you only find Americans really complaining about it. Yeah. So, And I wanted to ask also how it is for you as an individual adjusting to Germany and specifically through this world that you've found yourself in. Um, yeah. How has that been? What has been the most challenging? Yeah, obviously, I mean, I mean, you probably know too, like when you uproot and move to a different country, that's a, a wild experience and definitely brings its uh, hardships and difficulties and challenges and stuff. For me, I was so lucky with this situation because I had a, like a built-in family support system here with my football team um, who kind of like welcomed us in and had experience bringing American imports in the past and knew kind of the, the challenges and stuff. So they kind of prepped us for that. They kind of held our hand, especially the first year, walked us through everything and really helped us adapt. And it was just great to have a bunch of coaches and friends and teammates from the get-go who helped. But, you know, obviously things to get used to, um, you know, no air conditioning. Uh, the, <laughs> obviously the language, um, the language barrier, although Germans speak fantastic English, so that's actually not too bad of a challenge. I would say one of the, one of the most interesting things was Germans are very very direct, you know, when they're talking to you. And coming from America, and sometimes we like to beat around the bush and and stuff like that, and give you some of that American politeness and stuff. There'll be people in Germany when my first year would be like, "Hey man, um, I thought that you would be better if say if I had a bad game." You'd say, "Hey, I thought that you were better. I think you need to play better next game. That's just not good enough." And I hear that I'm like, "Well, yo, what? Hey, hey." But it was the truth, and um, I just remember the first couple times that something like that happened, uh, I was absolutely shocked and like mad, like you can't say that to me. But like, yeah. <laughs> it was like I've gotten very used to that, and it's something I actually really like now. It's just direct straightforwardness. And then the compliments are fully earned. You know, they're not just being kind. 
is very true as well. Mm. Yeah, those are real. Does that carry over into coaching styles and inner sport talk? Because I also have the feeling that, well, especially in football, that it's a very direct feedback kind of environment. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I guess that's kind of true. I mean, football coaches, if you mess up, they're not really beating around the bush. They don't, they're not trying to protect your feelings, but if you do do a good job, you know, they'll let you know as well. So uh, I I guess it kind of fits uh, nicely into German culture. You thought you were training in football this whole time, but actually you were training for your German life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I was training for German directness. Okay, so within your town, there's a big football culture, but within Germany, when they talk about football culture, they're talking about something else. <laughs> Do you yeah. find that the societal level of fixation or not lack thereof, but diminished amount of thereof? How, I don't, how does that feel for you to be someone who's so in this world and to go from being in a place where this football's everything to being yeah. in a place where it's only within your town it's very big and uh, beyond that, that no, really that's a very interesting question that's um yeah i don't know i guess it's just something you kind of have to accept and uh, obviously i knew that going in that, you know this is a soccer country football is not a huge sport here i guess i could try to just approach it with the mentality like I think football is such a great sport and a growing number of people in Germany are thinking that too. And so I kind of just look at it like, all right, I just want to spread the game of football and get, you know, as much people exposed to it as possible. So someday it is a, I don't know if anything could be as big as soccer here, but someday it is bigger and more popular and you see on, on TV uh, more often and stuff. So I guess I kind of just think about it with that mentality. Like, yeah, it's not huge. It doesn't really bother me. I just like think about, you know, let's see if we can make it bigger. Is there any way in which it's a relief? <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. I may, I guess, I guess maybe, I mean, kind of comes back to, like I said, Playing, say, college football, and like I said, I love playing football, but college football is a job. Here, the fact that, you know, it's not the number one sport, and a lot of people play it because they love it. Me being able to see that, that people are playing this because they love it, I think that's kind of a relieving thing. I don't know if relief is the right word, but it's a pleasant thing for me to see, like, you don't have to look at football with this specific mentality that you have in the States that it's just a job and, you know, all this drill sergeant stuff. So I'd say that, yeah, that's been kind of like a pleasant thing to just give me a different perspective on it. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, totally. I mean, part of where that question is coming from on my end is just an overall experience that I've had where the priorities are so different here. And in some ways I don't like that because some of my greatest accomplishments are not that important or impressive to the culture. Yeah. And so in some ways I've lost a certain, I don't know, ability to brag. I'm not sure. But yeah. um, but in other ways, I'm like, well, did I really need to hold on to that accomplishment as an identifying feature of myself and my life? And I actually like that yeah. this is, to me, in, in some ways it does feel like a relief. It's, it's a painful relief, but it's like, okay, you know, I don't have to identify myself fully by being so driven in this one aspect of my life i can have Mm -hmm. i can have more that's actually fascinating i think that's a great great way to look at it that's really interesting yeah well and i think i mean it definitely seems relevant to your world because you aren't just a american football player in germany you're also um as you said you were in film school and you have a youtube channel and you even made a documentary about 
unicorns. Yeah. Which again, uh-huh. I, just, I said the word and it just made me smile. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> um, so do you want to tell us about that too? Like, What was the documentary experience like? I've always loved football, but I've always loved filmmaking too. Like I used to make films with my brothers, my parents' camera when we were uh, little kids. We'd run around the neighborhood and make, make movies. <laughs> um, and so those are always two of my favorite things to do. I graduated college thinking my football career was over, went to film school. All right, I'm just going to focus on film now. Ended up really missing football. The unicorns reached out to me. I didn't like film school so much. So then I just said, okay, I'm going to go to Germany. I'm going to do two things now. I'm going to play football and I'm going to make a documentary about football in Europe because like we talked about earlier, I'd never heard of football in Europe, football in Germany. And I thought this would be a cool documentary. So I came out here and I, started basically filming for that and that has kind of evolved over the over the course of the last few years because the story has evolved so it's taken i thought it would just you know maybe take two years it's taken four years basically to make this and now it's coming to the end well hopefully be releasing it soon but uh, i'm really excited about that but i also started like you said a youtube channel because i realized okay i'm gonna make this big feature-length documentary but that's going to take a long time, and I feel like I can also do more things throughout that process. So I started making YouTube videos just kind of as a way to document what I was going through here in Germany, answer so my family back home could see what I was up to, and that kind of just grew and evolved, and it's become its own thing. And so now YouTube has also become a big uh, part of my life. So cool. And, okay, so the documentary is done. And you're, you said you're releasing it. What does that, does that mean? What does it look like? Does, are, are people going to be able to see it? Well, okay. So it's, yeah, it's in the stages of where we're doing like sound mix and color correction and stuff like that. And then we will work on finalizing like a distribution path. I don't want to make any guarantees or anything, but like it will be available to stream on some of these platforms, hopefully in the next couple months. That's uh, badass. Yeah. Okay, so it'll be really really excited about that yeah I want as many people as possible to see it because it's kind of like a real passion project for me and it's really close to me and my life like I lived the story it's about these people that I love this team that I love this town that I love so there's a lot of hard and hard work into it so I'm excited for people to be able to see it and yeah. in in the documentary you follow the unicorns of course and yeah. your journey with them, are, but are you following a certain season? Exactly. So it's kind of like my mm-hmm. journey of coming over here and then our season, our 2016 and our 2017 season. Coincidentally, uh, years where you did quite well, if I recall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So not to spoil anything, but yeah. <laughs> um, there's a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, so it follows those two seasons as well as kind of like my personal uh, little journey and hardships that I went through uh, throughout that as well. Awesome. And yeah. the teammates that you have, how long do people typically play, especially the Americans that come over, sorry, the, yeah. the imports. The imports. Um, <laughs> is it common that they're imported for just a couple of years and then they go back to their, their lives or are people staying or what does that look like? It is most common that they import guys for one year and Americans come over here after college for one year, play a season and then Go back to the States and go get a real-life job. Um, <laughs> I've been here now. This is my fifth season, and the guys that I came over with who have become some of my best friends, 
I've also been here for, for this amount of time. And so at the Unicorns, we have a really special situation where we're having the same imports over and over, the same group for now five years, which has not typically happened in the GFL in the past. And so I think it's a cool thing. We've become very close as a group and, and really close as a team because of that. So we're kind of in a unique situation where we've been here for an extended period of time. Well, you are the unicorns. It only fits that you yeah. are in a unique situation. Exactly. <laughs> you got to live exactly. up to the namesake somehow. <laughs> and for sure. to bring it to the happy ending of the Germany Cup, what does that look like? Where do they host it? Do they televise it? What level of crowds are we talking yeah. there? In the in the past few years, it was in up in Berlin, and yeah, it's on TV, it's on uh, Eurosport. Then this past year, actually, they moved it now to Frankfurt to the Commerce Bank Arena, uh, which is a big, huge uh, Bundesliga stadium. So we played in that for the championship last year, and there was like over twenty thousand fans in attendance. Wow. And it was on Sport Eins, so like broadcast pretty wide, and it was it was a big deal. It's pretty cool. It, it's getting more and more professional and legit year by year. Playing in that in that German Bowl is an exciting, cool experience. Uh, who's the halftime performer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, it's not as big as the it's not as big as the Super Bowl halftime show. Y'all should know, bring probably. that in though. That'd be cool if you start getting. I don't know. There's plenty of musicians who play even American music. Cool. Put them in there. Yeah. Good, uh, good uh, next step in the marketing of the of the German Bowl. Got to keep Catch it going. <laughs> and this oh. is a logistical question that just occurred to me somehow. But so you practice then in English? Yeah. Right? And is that does everyone, or is this just because of <laughs> imports? Yeah. Or is also just the language of the sport is English? Or yeah, I think it's a little bit. So like young people in Germany are just phenomenal in English. So yeah. it's. Uh, our coach, our coach is American. He's from Texas. Our head coach, although he does speak German and um, everything, but I think this is with most most teams. Everyone does everything in English. Uh, I think that just has to do with it being an American sport and it just being so uh, involved with uh, American culture. Uh, and also, it's like a lot of the terms in football, they're English terms, and a lot of the way you communicate. Uh, I think it would be kind of hard to communicate in German. So, yeah, everyone just goes full-on English. Okay, I'm cutting myself off here. I literally could keep asking you questions about this for probably another hour because I, I just find <laughs> it so fascinating. Um, uh, it's fun. <laughs> but with that, I am going to have us round the corner and head to home with our ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. It's a rapid-fire okay. question round, so I'm going to ask you three questions that you're going to answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you ready? <sighs> okay. All right. All right. All right. It's game day, but you're not playing. You're watching with friends. What's your snack of choice? Oh, I would have a, a, a sleeve of knoppers that I would probably have to smuggle into the stadium because I don't think they sell them there, but I'm a, I'm a fanatic for knoppers. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and assume you've watched many a Super Bowl. What is your least favorite Super Bowl halftime performance of all time? Oh, gosh. That's difficult. Um... I'm going to have to say the most recent one. My brother played in the Super Bowl. My brother was uh, is on the San Francisco 49ers. I was going to say I hated this halftime show because they were losing, but actually they weren't losing yet. So my answer is void. Okay. No, you can still have it, though, because your memory of that show is... There we go. There you go. My memory... In, while I was watching, it was great. Now when I look back on it, I hate it because my whole memory of the Super Bowl is tainted and makes me upset. <laughs> 
Sad, sad. And final question. If you were to form your own American football team in Germany, what would you name them? What would you choose? And I can't choose the unicorns? You can't. Zombies are still on the table, though. No one's taken that. Mermaids? Ooh. Mermen? Let's go with the wild the wild zombies, then. Ooh, I like it. The wild boys. <laughs> the wild zombies. <laughs> what a wild game that would be if the wild boys went against the wild zombies. Very solid answer. <laughs> okay, and if people want to follow you so that they can keep updated about when, not if, when, they can watch your documentary and watch all your yeah. YouTube videos, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on YouTube. Type in Nalf, N-A-L-F. That is my YouTube name, and I basically share every aspect of my life on there a couple times a week. So you'll find out everything that's going on with me on YouTube. There. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming up and letting me bombard you with questions. <laughs> that was awesome. It was really fun. Thanks so much. Thanks one more time to Nick for coming on the show and being such a good sport. Pun fully intended. <laughs> Nick has been putting out amazing videos basically daily since Germany went into lockdown, and I can't recommend them enough. One of my favorites so far was called, Is it better to be in Germany or in the U.S. right now? And that's a question I've been asking myself a whole lot, too. I've linked to that video in the show notes so you can go ahead and figure out how Nick answered that question. For me, I think it's going to be a question that I'm going to continue asking myself over the next weeks, months. As the situation plays out and our season here on the Expat Cast moves on, it's a question that I'll circle back to, both here and on social media. So, speaking of, if you'd like to follow the show on social media, you can do so on Twitter or on Instagram at the Expat Cast. If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, go ahead and do so now. New episodes come out every Thursday, and next week you can look forward to an episode about being an introverted expat, which, spoiler alert, introversion is basically a superpower right now. More on that next week. Until then, have a wonderful week, and please, Stay safe, stay healthy. Choose.